The Boston Celtics 75th anniversary team is out, and we're going to go behind the scenes with two of the people who made it happen right now on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team. Step back, we gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry OB. Corrales above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Raining Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics, pod, home of the winners. B. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Thank you for making it part of your daily routine and your first listen every day. Lockdown Celtics is free and available everywhere podcasts exist. And you can watch the show on YouTube. I would love it if you watch the show on YouTube. I'm John Corrales. I cover this team for Boston Sports Journal. I've written a book called the Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars. And I was one of the voters on the Boston Celtics 75th anniversary team, which makes this a very special podcast because I have with me on this show, Jeff Twist. Jeff Twist is a longtime employee of the Celtics. PR legend has seen a lot. And Mark D'Amico, who you know as the Celtics team reporter, but is also one of the people who spearheaded this effort to put a 75th anniversary team together. Both of these gentlemen had a big, big part in this. I was very honored to be one of the voters, one of the few media voters that helped decide the final 15. And we talk about that. We talk about how they did the voting, why they did the voting this way, the the entire concept of coming up with this team, and some of the names that didn't make it. Ray Allen, he made it, and, and why, first of all, I didn't put him on my original list, but why it might have been the right call anyway. Lot to talk about, a lot to talk about here. So let's get right into the conversation here on this 75th anniversary Boston Celtics team. Well, I am psyched to be joined uh, by Jeff Twist and Mark D'Amico. Jeff is the Vice President of Media Services and Alumni Relations now currently at the uh, Boston Celtics. You know Mark as the team reporter, but also Senior Director of Digital Content and Production. But I would be remiss if I didn't introduce Jeff in the way of Robert Williams. Twist! <laughs> there you go. You got it, John. It gets us all every time, right? Every single time. Rob ends a media session. My favorite was at the beginning of the season when the Zooms were going on and he was like, wait, is that Twist? Yep. Twist! Every <laughs> single time. The best. Uh, it was not prompted, not scripted at all. But trust me, John, I, I even signed a disclaimer for you. It's yeah, no, that's just Rob being awesome, Rob, and yes, uh, and you being a legend in this all this organization. So, gentlemen, uh, you two were instrumental in spearheading this 75th anniversary team. So I guess we should go through. Spoiler alert, Larry Bird makes the team, right? Uh, so it's 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 I'm just reading it off the website here. Bird, Garnett, McHale, Sam Jones, Dennis Johnson, Paul Pierce, John Havlicek, Bill Russell, Bob Cousy, Tommy Heinsohn, Robert Parrish, Dave Cowens, Bill Sharman, JoJo White, and Ray Allen. That's the 15-man 75th anniversary team. Mm -hmm. Let me just throw it out there to both of you. What are the challenges here of putting a team together and, and with so many guys who are like obvious, like it's obvious so many guys are going to make this. What's the challenge of, of putting this out there and making sure that you're getting a good representation of Celtics history on a team where it's like, you can, you can make this top 20, top 25, top 30. Top 75, even you're right, you're right John, but I'll, I'll jump in real quickly. And, and Mark will remember this from way back last summer when we were chatting about potentially doing this. And I said, Mark, I, I really can't put my head around it because in my point of view, and I mean this in all sincerity, all of the approximately 490 gentlemen who ever put on a Celtic green and white uniform, they'd get my vote because they they all contributed. You know what I mean? They all they all ran sprints. They all dove on the floor. They all what they played two minutes or 2,020 minutes. You know that, that they each deserve that recognition. But I understand I, I understand the the significance of the of the the, the team that we selected or, or people selected rather. But Mark and I batted around. Do we go 75 for 75 pit? Do we go 15? And we eventually ended up on on 15. Uh, to let people uh, decide to go from there. 
Yeah. And there were a couple steps that went into it. And, and Jeff's talking about last summer. Really, that's when we, as an organization, started to prepare really like shortly after last season ended um, is when we started to think, OK, let's turn the page. 75th anniversary next season. What are we going to do? Mm -hmm. um, and this was one of the prongs is the word that I like to use of our season long across the organization um, at plan of attack. And so what we realized early on that Jeff kind of just alluded to is, okay, how do we, how do we break down the, all of the players in Celtics history? How do we limit that? Cause we can't list 400, 500 players on a website. There's just, people aren't going to be able to navigate through right. that. So right. mm -hmm. the first step was figuring out, okay, who actually gets into the voting pool, right? Mm -hmm. So so we had a really long discussion and Jeff and I were only a part of um, a, a much larger working group of about 10 people um, who have been working on this project um, since its inception last summer. Um, and we kind of all came to the table. We all put together a list. We decided a good number that since it's 75 years, a good number to kind of cut it down to would be 75 players. And that was just a number that we threw out there. And so we all had our individual homework uh, to go home and, and put together our list of 75 players that we thought should be in the voting pool. Mm -hmm. And we all came back with our lists and um, probably not coincidentally, many of the lists looked very, very similar. Um, <laughs> sure. and, and it really felt, and Jeff, please feel free to, to chime in on this as well, but it felt like 75, ironically, was the right number. Like once you get down to about 80, 85, you start to get in, into some names that would probably be a little bit obscure to have on a list mm -hmm. like this. Um, but, but right around 75, we were, we were able to involve the greatest players in Celtics history and also the greatest people who were a part of the organization in terms of, um, you know, significance. Uh, and maybe that's not necessarily because they scored 20,000 points or because they won two championships, but maybe something else that's important to the history of this franchise. Mm -hmm. um, and so we felt like, you know, again, ironically, 75 just happened to be the right number um, that we narrowed it down to. And that was really the first step of us uh, kind of setting this project off. Um, the, the, the 75 guys, like this is, this was hard because I know I, I, I wrote my book and, and trying to like whittle people down. Like what, what, what were some of the criteria like that, that maybe would have disqualified some guys? Um, and, and how do you balance, because, you know, you're talking about 75 years of history, but a lot of these fans, you know, come from all, all ages and it's open to all fans. So, mm -hmm. you know, you have some younger fans who might skew a little um, more recent and, you know, some fans who might skew even a little bit more, you know, historical. And so, so what's, what's the balance of making sure that you're, you're really trying to find the right group here? I think I think Mark touched on it just a little bit, John. We tried to get uh, narrow narrow the gentleman down to who made significant contributions and even maybe subtle ones in the respect that Mark was saying. Okay, they were a good player, a good Celtic player, but hey, they also later became an assistant coach. Hey, they, that assistant coach is on a championship team in fill in the blank year. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So there's there's a continuation factor in some of the men that we we, we put on the list due to that basis. Um, I, I think it was. To Mark's point, you're, he's absolutely correct. Once we got past that, like 75, maybe the 80 to 90, maybe to 100 range, we put down names as kind of like, well, that might be a little, not to say it this way derogatory, a little bit of a stretch here. You know, sure, how yeah. can we make a case for XYZ player? You know what I'm saying, John? So I, I think the 75 was, was good in that respect. But I, I think it's more of a, just a general criteria. Okay, yes, championships won, accolades, MVP trophies, yes. Um those are all factored into consideration, but also you take us, I'll use an example. Tommy Heinsohn might be a good one because Tommy was a heck of a player for nine years, also became a broadcaster, also became a head coach and had that continuation from 1956 to when he passed a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. yeah, and I think the best example <clears throat> is a name that we all know very well and is one of the most important names in the history of the sport. And that's Chuck Cooper, right? Mm -hmm. and, and Chuck Cooper did not come to the Celtics and put up 
30 points a game and lead the team to a title and win an MVP and all of these things. That's not why he's on this list, right? He's on mm-hmm. this list because of his historical significance as being the first black player ever drafted in the NBA and by the Celtics. And this list would not be the right list if a person like that with that amount of historical significance, not only to the franchise, but to, to the NBA as a whole, it wouldn't be the right list if someone like that is not on it. So I think that that's a great example um, of, of just being able to work in everyone who had historical significance and contributions to the organization onto the list, as well as the players who, who were just downright great. Right. And, and I think one of the best ways that we accomplished this goal was that group of about 10 people that I mentioned earlier that were kind of in this working group. Um, and, and it just happened like this. And I think it was a, a blessing in disguise is that we kind of spanned many different generations of, of not only NBA fandom, but also Celtics fandom. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, people like Jeff Twist and Dwayne Johnson, who have been with the Celtics for four decades, um, they have the greatest knowledge of those players from the early days, right? And then we had some people who were kind of in between um, in terms of age and, and time around the franchise who would be able to speak, you know, really well on maybe those middle years. And then maybe some younger people who were uh, members of the organization or at least growing up in the in the New England area as Celtics fans who would be able to kind of speak on those recent years. And so having all of those different groups of people uh, working on this I think allowed us to get all of those separate perspectives. Uh, But like I said at the beginning, I think everyone knew what they were doing because many of the lists, um, even, you know, Jeff and Jeff's list and my list of 75 players were maybe one or two off. Um, And so we, we just had to work out those final few spots. And that's really, John, what we were looking to accomplish with the voting panel. And I'm sure we're going to get into this in a little while, but we also wanted that exact same, um, I guess, timeline of knowledge mm-hmm. um, from our group that we involved in the in the voting panel uh, because we wanted all of those different generations represented by people who were around those teams and, and growing up and watching those teams because if it was only you know all of the the Celtics reporters who were covering the team right now in fact there were some people who didn't want to be a part of this because they hadn't felt like or they didn't feel like they had been around the organization mm-hmm. long enough so um, if we just stuck to you know, recent times and people who are covering the team now, we just wouldn't have gotten that full scope of information um, in all of our our votes that came in. Yeah, well, why don't we get into that right now? Like, what was what was the the thought process going into that? What what did you end up putting together? Yeah, Jeff, feel free to jump in. Well, go ahead, go ahead, Mark. You you sure. you you you, you kind of was as I told John earlier. You're a little bit of the spearhead for for really setting up the not criteria, but the, the, as you said, the guidelines, the boundaries type of thing. So go ahead, jump in. Yeah. So I think, um, and not to get too much in the weeds on this, but essentially what we did is we had, um, you know, Jeff, myself, Christian Megliola, uh, and, you know, maybe one, one or two other people were involved where we kind of just put together a huge list of all the people that we thought would have the context, um, and have been around the team long enough to feel comfortable to cast a vote. And, and really, when we were looking at this media panel and, and, and voting panel that, John, you were a part of, the goal of this was to make sure that we got it right, right? Those final 15 players that were voted to the team needed to be right. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not saying that we don't trust the fan base. We certainly do trust the fan base, but you never know what can happen in a public voting panel, right? We just saw Andrew Wiggins get voted in as a starter to the all-star game. Right. That's right. because there, there was a way that was figured out to kind of game the system. We wanted to prevent that from happening. And, and this is how we did it. Uh, we, we jotted down a list of all of the people that we thought would really have the context uh, to make informed decisions mm-hmm. on, on voting these 15 players onto a list. And, you know, I think we started probably around probably 30 to 40 names. Mm-hmm. Um, we whittled that down to right around 30 names um, for the final voting panel. And um, all of those people who, who cast votes, um, and many of them look very similar, by the way, um, all of those people contributed to half of the weighted value of, of the final final voting uh, results. Mm-hmm. So that was really was the goal is we wanted to span 
across generations of, of people who have covered and been around the team, team historians, things like that, um, and really make sure that that group would keep us in a safe territory where we know that these 15, the results of these 15 players who are chosen, we don't have to worry about it, um, about some sort of gaming of the system. Not, not, that we'd, not that we'd ever worry about either, John, but we, we chose, not chose, but we, we came up with a list of media people that we thought would do their due diligence and really being thorough, mm-hmm. really being analytical and saying, okay, I think this guy should be on it. No, and I don't. Then you go back to say, well, maybe this guy does have some merit and you don't, and you weigh it and it's not a hasty decision. It's not a rushed, forced, you know, gee, if I do this, put it down wrong, I'm going to get wrong. You're, I'm going to get an F on your test. No, none of that whatsoever. Have some fun with it and then state why you selected your 15. And that, that, that's the fun part of it. And yeah. to, to Jeff's point right there is we, I think we went back and forth over email um, mm-hmm. in, in a couple of meetings. I would say about a month trying trying to land on that final list of media members that mm-hmm. we wanted to be a part of the panel. So um, it wasn't, it certainly wasn't an overnight decision. And we put a lot of thought into it because of how much it was going to mean um, to the final result. All right, we'll be back with much more here, going more in-depth on the 75th anniversary team. So please stick around for more of that. First, let's talk about prize picks. When basketball comes back and starts back up, you're going to be looking for a daily fantasy option around the NBA, and prize picks is the way to go. It is the absolute best daily fantasy uh, product out there because it's daily fantasy made easy. Very simple. You pick two to five players, and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers, which really is the big selling point here for me. It's not you against a bunch of people with computers, uh, like high like algorithms and all this craziness that Daily Fantasy, that ruins Daily Fantasy, frankly. This is you against the projected numbers. So if you win, it's because you're good at this. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less, so it's super easy, it's safe, and offers fast withdrawals. Use the award-winning Prize Picks app. It's on App Store and on Google Play. Prize Picks offers a variety of options too. Uh, any prop that you can think of, from points scored to rebounds, to steals, mixed sport entries. You can do pro and college basketball. So if you are a Duke fan, you want to pick Jason Tatum and Duke's playing. You want to get get some. You can go into college basketball and pick there as well. It's not just NBA, it's NFL as well when NFL is in season, college football when you get to college football, baseball whenever baseball decides to come back, everything. So for a limited time, Prize Picks has an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all users. You get 50%, $50, sorry, $50 free if a player in your first Prize Picks entry scores a single point, but you got to use that promo code NBA. That's right, an exclusive offer for Locked On fans. Sign up today and use the code NBA. Get $50 for free. If your player in your first prize pick entry scores a single point. Well, I mean, I'm happy I had a head start with my book. I picked 12. (laughs) My book had 12. So I was like, ooh, great. I get to add three more. um, And can I tell you? That's where it gets hard. I stressed over those three so much i'm like okay do i go old school do i go new do i go you know where do i go with this and you know you so many guys that make contributions like Mm -hmm. you think of a guy like casey jones who doesn't have the counting stats at all but like he was right there like side by side with bill russell um i i called casey jones kind of like marcus smart before marcus smart Mm -hmm. and you know just tenacious um and that guy made a contribution in many ways, obviously as a head coach and, and, and all mm-hmm. that. So it really, really like, I, I did take it seriously. Like I did take this seriously. Uh, and I, I do want to say just out loud on the podcast, it's such an honor to be included because I grew up in Rhode Island. I have a strong connection to Celtics. Celtics basketball is what got me into basketball and what made, you know, made a lot of these things possible for me. So I, I definitely wanted to try to get this right. I ended up skewing a little older. The guy I might, so I had 14 of the 15 and I went with Ed McCauley as my 15th instead of Ray Allen. Um, did anything as far as the voting surprise you guys, as far as were you surprised maybe at certain players or the types of players or, or where 
did fan voting go a certain way that you thought, oh, I didn't, you know, that that's an interesting kind of like skewed a certain way. Um, without you don't have to get uncomfortable in naming names or whatever, but like, uh, did did anything surprise you in all of this? Jeff's thinking. Yeah, I'm thinking. Uh, well, I, I can tell you um, right off the bat, nothing really surprised no. me. I agree. Um, but, but when I saw Ray Allen's name on there, the first thing that went through my mind is that says a lot about what he did while he was here. Sure, yeah. Because as we all know, Ray's departure from the organization was not uh, ceremonious, right? Mm -hmm. Um Mm -hmm. There, there was obviously some hastiness left over after, after he departed and went down to Miami and and uh, helped that team get to the finals and win a championship mm -hmm. or two. I'm not sure how many won down there. I can't remember off the top of my head. But um, the fact that he that fans overlooked that and media members overlooked that to result with him being on the team, I thought really said a lot. Mm -hmm. um, that that if, if I were to use the word surprise, um, and not necessarily surprise because he didn't deserve to be on the team, it's nothing like that. It was just it was if, if I were to use the word surprise, it would be with relation to Ray because um, that caught my eye that mm -hmm. people were able to overlook all of that stuff about after he left, and obviously him and KG. There, you know, there's a lot of talk behind closed doors about that stuff, but. Um, <clears throat> For people to overlook that and vote him for the team onto the team, I thought said a lot. Second, second of the motion. When Mark showed me that too, John, the, the final list, I, I I wasn't surprised, but maybe I was pleasantly pleased because I, I, a smile came across my face. Like as to Mark's point, okay, the people, media, and fans recognize Ray for Ray what he did, mm -hmm. leading us to a championship. His work ethic coming out ahead of time, his availability to media, his conscientious efforts in the community. The, the Ray himself, Ray being Ray, just being a solid gentleman. I think all that factored into maybe being what it is maybe to be a Celtic in modern day era, and at least in 2008 through 2012 or 2013 when he was with us. Yeah, I didn't go with Ray. I'm sorry to interrupt. Uh, no, no, I, go I ahead. Didn't, I didn't go with Ray um, only because I thought his, his tenure was uh, too short. Mm -hmm. um, and you can certainly make that argument with other guys that were that were in there um you can make that argument with dj and i know some people did mm -hmm. with dj and, and so and, and that's fine um but i will say that if, animosity aside a lot of people will sit there and even somebody listening to this podcast be like oh i don't want to hear about ray Allen or whatever uh but look and doc has said this plenty of times when he's come back ray was the guy who sacrificed the most mm -hmm. when it came to putting this big three together. And I think that that is, you know, looking at the final list, I, I, I can acknowledge that Ray, Ray might be actually the right answer um, there because he did sacrifice it. When he came over from Seattle, that he was a 20 plus point per game scorer. I mean, he was still a very high usage guy. He was, he was still putting up points at a very, very high level. And he took a big hit as far as, giving up shots and playing a much more uh, specialized role with mm -hmm. this team. And, and he did it without much complaint and, or any complaint. And so that, that definitely does need to be acknowledged that 2008 team and, and what it did to turn around the franchise after a long stretch of bad luck and bad management and all of that, that it does, it does, it does have some, some significance. So it, I, I will echo your your points that yeah it's nice it's nice to see that recognized it is now yeah. hopefully it can thaw between these guys I don't know if you guys saw it or you even care to comment but the KG kind of interaction with Ray Allen kind of walking past them still feels like KG's a little <laughs> tense we'll leave it at that uh, I don't care to comment just to yeah. just to clarify I I um, understand I'm not asking you to <laughs> but hey I mean Ray Ray was Steph Curry before Steph Curry. Right. Like yeah. I know all three of us that are on this call and so many of the people who are listening, when the ball left Ray's hands, you thought that thing was going in totally. every single time. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was a lights out shooter and he was taking seven, eight threes a game before that became normal in the NBA. Ray was mm -hmm. one of the people who started to turn it in that direction. 
And then you also can't forget about what he did at the other end. He he was a major part of that defense being so great. Um, I think a lot of people only think about the offense and the shooting, um, but he was pretty darn good defensively for that team too. There's no way that you can be so dominant defensively while having someone who is, I guess, um, you know, a weak link. Um, sure. There was no weak link in that starting lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, and one more thing that I want to say just in terms of surprises flipping the question a little bit as opposed to surprise of making the team um one of the names that we'd be remiss not to comment on of not making the team is cedric maxwell i mean obviously a a finals mvp um which is if you go through all all of the people who made the team and the voting that was a very important part of people voting um was was how important was someone to taking home a championship and raising a banner max was one of the key reasons um, why one of those banners is is up in the rafters, his numbers in the rafters. He was just outside the top 15. Um, he, he was right there. And so I, I'm glad that he got the acknowledgement of being, you know, right on the edge. Um, but it was a little bit surprising um, just with how long he's been around the organization. Obviously, he's been calling games here for 20 plus years on the radio with Sean Grandy, um, his numbers in the rafters. There's mm-hmm. a certain amount of players that are up there. Um, so that was um again if i were to use the word surprise in ter- about a player who did not make the team he's the one that i would use that for yeah i i, I agree with thoughts here too mark and we all we all seem to forget sometimes as you said max is now you just hear him on the radio but max was the one who really kind of had to try to stop or contain dr j james worthy bob mcadoo all the tough oh man yeah the, the formidable forwards they had you know larry was kind of playing the other guy Max always drew the, the the weak straw. Oh boy, I have to cover these guys. Bernard King comes to mind, you know. Oh boy, try to keep him under forty points a game. Good <laughs> luck, you know. But he did it, and he'd, and he'd here again to your point, John. He accepted the role beautifully. But you're right; he, he probably should have to, to, at least a good mention of that seventy uh, fifth All Celtics team. Yeah, yeah, you, you know, it's limited to fifteen, but you can go out to twenty. You can go out to twenty five. You can go out to thirty. Um, can you share? I, I have two. I have two voting questions. One, I don't know if you know the answer, if you have that stuff handy. How many of these guys were like unanimous? That were, were any of these, I'm sure like the Bird and, and, and you know, Russell. Uh, Russell and some of these, these guys were on everybody's ballot. You cannot have, do you, do you have any recollection of how many of these guys were unanimous across the board, fans and media voting? And while you ponder that, the other one is on the other side that, 16 through 20 do you guys have a sense of who who were who did just miss so jeff i I can take this um both both of these questions so actually i'll rewind a little bit another gigantic part of putting together this project was how do we have people vote (laughs) (laughs) right so we we had to figure out how we were going to execute that side of of the the, of this right like you don't just press an easy button and a voting platform winds up on your website so um our director of digital innovation bill ramos who is an absolute wizard um at coding and and building things for websites and apps and all of this stuff he he put in a million hours (laughs) building this thing to look so good um to to be user friendly et cetera et cetera so uh, we'd be remiss not to mention bill ramos and and the role that he played in this um but bill ramos has the keys to all of this information right so it's it's all um you know when, when anyone anytime someone hit submit it went into kind of a, a back-end um information collection location that we don't have access to um, and so I've chit chatted with Bill every now and then, cause just cause he has all of the results and mm-hmm. he has to, you know, put the glasses on and type in all the numbers to, <laughs> to make it all come together. Um, but it's not, there's no like spreadsheet for us to take a look at, to, yeah. to see how everyone ranked. That being said, I would venture to say that probably the, the top eight to 10 players were likely unanimous across the board. Um, just given, um, given the amount of, um, I guess the the significance of their of their contributions to the franchise while sure. they were here, um, and so that I would guess that. Um, and at the same time, actually, one other piece of information that that I can relay is that 
Um, this was also a contest um, for fans to enter. So everyone who submitted a ballot um, who was eligible for the prize um, was entered in um, to win a long list of things, but one of which is is coming to um, a game on March 11th, during which we're going to be honoring a bunch of these guys um, who are able to come to town. So um, there were only three... I think it was three or four people, fans, um, cast a perfect ballot from one to 15. And John, I mean, look, you got 14. I mean, I I don't remember exactly how many I got. It was probably 13, somewhere around there. Jeff, I'm not sure where you wind up, but I I abstained. I told John earlier. Yes, that's true. true. I'd have all four, 490. (laughs) That's true. Count me out. (laughs) Um, But that goes to show just how competitive those spots from probably 12 to 18 or 19 were that there were only three or four fans who cast a perfect ballot um, and and wound up winning that prize. Um, It was real interesting. We actually made it so that we didn't know how many people were going to be able to cast a perfect ballot. We didn't know how hard or or easy this might be. So we, we actually made it that the first three fans. So it it really took, um, it went in the, the, it was timestamped essentially. So if someone submitted a perfect ballot at 12.01 when it went live and someone mm-hmm. else cast it at 12.02, the, the first person to do it is the one who would have won. So we wound up with three winners. It was the perfect amount, but that, that just goes to show just how difficult the process was that there were only a few fans mm-hmm. um, who were able to do it. There's about 60,000 votes, right, Mark? If, yep. you're, if I'm wrong, roughly, approximately. Yeah. Yep, yeah. 60,000 mm-hmm. votes. Um, I think that math comes out to 4,000 plus ballots um, of 15 players. So really incredible numbers across the board um, for, you know, just for us doing it. I mean, obviously you see the numbers with the NBA that is literally global all-star voting every single year, but for us kind of doing this out of the blue and getting 60,000 plus votes, um, yeah, that made me smile. I know, I know that. We're going to wrap up the show here with some names that maybe should have been on this list or could have been on this list had it been a few numbers, a few a few positions uh, deeper. You know, they went with 15, which is smart. What if it was 20? What if it was 25? Some of the names are coming up next. First, let's talk about bet online. I know football is done, but basketball is coming back. We're getting ready for the Celtics to come back and play the Brooklyn Nets. And basketball is in full steam ahead for the end of this season, uh, the, the stretch run. So head on over to betonline.net for the latest odds and totals and player performance props, sports scores, podcasts, and news, all of that stuff. But it's not just basketball. Betonline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC, uh, everything you can think of. It's going to be there at betonline.net. So head on over to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts, please gamble responsibly. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. So, no, so March 11th, you're going to, you're going to honor. So what, what game is that? I don't have that schedule. Friday, Friday against uh, Detroit, if I'm correct. Uh, part of the, part of the 75th anniversary weekend, John, that weekend in, in March. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. That's cool. Well, looking forward to that. Um, This is, this is just such a wild list for me. Like just being able to go through Celtics history. Do you think, you know, this, what what goal what goal were you hoping to accomplish? Not just hey, let's pick fifteen guys. I mean, there's there's a, a bigger goal with putting this list of players together, and um, it's representative. I know when I was voting, I I really wanted to make sure I got the mix right. Yep. Like this this one of the important elements to me was okay. Here's a team. You got how many teams can actually put together a 75th anniversary team like mm-hmm. this? You know, it's probably us and the Lakers, right? right. You know, maybe, maybe the Knicks. Yeah, I yeah. Say, right. The Knicks it would be the other one that I would pick. Although, hey, I grew up as a Knicks fan. Woo! It's been it's been a, it's <laughs> been a long time since that team took one home, Jeff. But here, but here's the unique the unique element is the Celtics. Celtics has much more talent than any than the Knicks. I would say, um, and you can go to the Lakers and get talent, but you are now talking about two different cities mm-hmm. over the course. So the Celtics are unique in that it's representative of one city that started from the beginning and has this level of talent. 
Um, and I wanted to make sure that's why that's why I kind of went with Macaulay over Ray. I wanted to go to the beginning and say, okay, these are the foundational guys that that made this happen. Because if if uh, that's a big thing to me, I love I love foundational guys, the the ones who started the thing and rode on the trains and played for no money and still did it while most people would be like, what are you crazy? What are you doing this for? Um, and then going through the fifties and the sixties and the seventies, the seventies are forgotten era. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that NBA, NBA almost died in the seventies and you, you want to make sure that those guys get proper recognition. And then you get the resurgence and, you know, Larry birds in the middle of that. So I wanted to make sure everything was representative. Do you guys think that this team takes like, some of the the younger fans that they, they, they can look at this team and be like, oh, I didn't know. Because Jason Tatum, after the All-Star game, said, you know, looking at the 75th anniversary team that was announced at halftime of the All-Star game, said, there are guys there I haven't even heard of. Yeah. Or even Jason yeah. is getting, like, a history lesson. How much, like, do you see this as a bit of a history lesson for some of the younger Celtics fans out there. It, that, would, that would be my hope, put, putting my historian hat on here, John. And, and I had a conversation with several students a few years ago, now maybe 10 years ago. We happened to get on the topic of Tommy Heinsohn. And I got to Tommy saying, well, <clears throat> yes, he, he, won, he had, had his career cut short because he had some bad knee problems and stuff, but he won some championships. And they look at me like, like a dumb look, and I, like, did I say something wrong? And they had no clue. They've only seen Tommy in their lifetime yeah. as – Mike Gorman's announcer with him. Yep. I said, oh, by the way, he's a pretty good head coach. He's coach of the year twice, you know, won the title in 74 and 76. And, yeah, he happened to play in a few championship teams from 56 to 65. Yeah. There's no concept of that, John. And it was not their fault, but I think that's a message I try to not preach but kind of get out there saying, here's his history. I'm not going to force it down your throat, but, hey, fully appreciate a Tommy Heinsohn, for example, or as you said, a Casey Jones. We wouldn't have the Jones boys if it wasn't for Casey. We'd have just one Jones and Sam. Now yeah. you got the boys, so they complement each other. And there's a story and a uniqueness there to it, as you said, John. Hey, Jeff, I can jump in and admit, I know I said this on our, our broadcast when we revealed the final five members of, of this team, but I, and I mentioned it just a minute ago, I grew up in Western New York. Um, I was a diehard Knicks fan growing up. I mean, I used to skip middle school dances so that I could watch like the all-star game and, and Nick's opening night and things like that. Um, when I got to Boston and also it, I grew up at, at a unique time when the Knicks and the Celtics really, there was no rivalry there because neither mm -hmm. of them was really good at the same time um, in those, the nineties when I was really coming up. Um, I got to Boston. I, I, I hate to admit this, but I did not know who Tommy Heinsohn was. I had never heard the name. Mm -hmm. And so I got a crash course when I got here of how important this guy was to this franchise and, and still was at that time, obviously still calling games. And I got to, you know, learn about his unique perspective during games um, during my f first few years here. Um, and so, yeah, that, there's no doubt that this team is going to live on for years to come. Right. Like, I don't know the next time that we're ever going to be able to do something like this, but this team will have a place in our lore. I'm sure it's going to make it into um, our media guide in the future. If we we put together media guides, they're going to, they're going to be on our website. There's content now that I'm sure, um, John. I think you put together a story, and, and some other writers put together stories. So if anyone ever types into Google, you know, 15 years down the line, Celtics 75th anniversary team, these guys are going to come up, and they're going to mm -hmm. learn about them. Um, but one more point that I wanted to make just in, in talking about how unique the Celtics are in being able to do something like this. We mentioned the Lakers, um, and they're probably the only other team that has the amount of talent that's mm -hmm. needed to be able to put together a list this long. But if you look at the Celtics list, and this is unique only to the Celtics, I think 10 or 11 of the guys on this team were drafted by the Celtics. Mm -hmm. They started their career with the Celtics. Mm -hmm. They made their names with the Celtics. And, you know, no offense to L.A., but many of their greatest players came there because it's L.A. And they 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 were able to leave one of their former teams and come and be great with the Lakers. Right. Enjoy the palm trees and the weather and the beaches out there. 
And that's just, that's part of geography, right? Like some teams are in uh, warm climates where people want to live and others are not. But I think it says a lot about what Red Auerbeck was doing back in the day to be able to draft 10 or 11 of these guys um, and have them kind of make their names here um, and build their legacies here with the Celtics as opposed to just joining, joining the fun later on in their career. And to be, and to be able to sacrifice themselves for the better of the team. They, 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 no as question. John said earlier, they accepted roles, whether they may have liked it or not, like Ray Allen coming here, they sacrificed that for the better part of the good of the team. And they wanted it as a team. And it's a, it's a, it's a, we, not me. Yeah. Yeah. Which is one of the, one of the, the key elements of what made Celtics basketball, Celtics basketball. And, you know, I, I do encourage like people to read up on the, on the history. Yes, I'll push my book as well, but you know, there are a ton of great, much better books out there and, 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 Resources. Don't sell yourself short. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which deal with Celtics history. If this is your first entry, if this team is your first entry into the deep Celtics history, I really do encourage everybody to go back and and really dive into this stuff. I mean, even over the pandemic, we did a series of podcasts diving into like year by year Celtics history, and you start mm -hmm. to think about. What Walter Brown did, and and you know how he managed to 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 stay afloat, and in the the weird dealings, and and getting Red Arback, and how Red Arback was almost what is he? He almost went to Duke, right? And or and, the next, either one, yes, yeah. And like he was he was like waiting in line. <laughs> Remember, the head coach was sick, and he was waiting in line, like he was going to take over, and he was like, you know what? I'm actually waiting for somebody to die. For me to take a job, I'm out of here. And then he goes to the Celtics, and like, look, those little things along the way, are what make the Celtics great. And then Red, you know, sets up this Celtic pride, and 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 really gets these guys running and playing for each other and retiring numbers to to show this history. And it, it's it's really a wild ride through through Celtics history. Um, it, it's what the Celtics have meant to the NBA is is indispensable. Um, in shaping the league, so I'm glad. I'm glad you guys put this team together and and chose this to celebrate the 75th anniversary because I think it does tell a story and encourages people to go back and tell a story. Are there any names? Let's just finish on this. Any names that you just want to make sure are they didn't make the list, but you know what? Only because they were limited to 15. Are there guys out there? You mentioned Cedric Maxwell. We can say like a Satch Sanders. We mentioned a Casey Jones. You know, any of these other guys that you just want to throw out there and be like, hey, since we're encouraging people to go back and look at history, some guys that weren't on the list that you want to say, hey, also keep these guys in mind because because if you expand the list, they would be on there. Go ahead, Mark. <laughs> well, I can I can say one name that I had on my list that did not make it, and that's Don Nelson. Um, Don Nelson, I, I grew up knowing Don Nelson, the coach, um, Nelly, who was one of the, the winningest coaches in NBA history. And as we know, like turned that the Warriors team into the run and gun, uh, back in the day, that's how I knew him. And so doing my research on this project and learning how important he was, um, in, in the type of impact that he made on the Celtics during his run here with the franchise, um, really stood out to me. So he's someone that I voted for that did not make the team. Go ahead, John. No, but there's a, that's a through line through Celtics history. Red Arback, up tempo, up tempo, up tempo. Get to Tommy. Tommy, yep. even as a, as the um, as an announcer, he's like run. Yeah. <laughs> you know that that growly run. Yep. Uh, Tommy implements Red Arback's run and gun style. Don is is coached by Tommy. Tom, he takes that Tommy, you know, like that third generation of run and gun, and now he he creates you know Donnie Ball. Um, and, and that, like that all is, that's the through line and, and it's kind of wild. Like this, the Celtics, I think are still seen as like the slower plotting teams. Like they were never seen as running, but they were the original yep. run and gun teams like sixties and Tommy's teams in the seventies, those teams ran. And the reason why they were so good is because you had a Havlicek and a Cowens that could just run like gazelles for 48 minutes. And back in the fifties, we just interviewed Bob Cousy for um, for our podcast a few weeks ago, and he I heard that he told us that um, they only had like five or six plays that they used to have, yeah, because 
all they did was they ran. They grabbed the ball and they ran. They didn't they didn't need to set up plays. So they were doing it from the very beginning. Um, a couple other names that I can throw out there. Um, Rajon Rondo uh, sure. I, I had a, a long career with the Celtics. Mr. Triple Double here while he was here, mm-hmm. um, you know, was chasing down Larry Bird in that category for a while. Uh, incredible assist man. Playoff Rondo, obviously, will go down in lore. And then one other person that we know if he was here for longer and he stayed healthy, he would easily be on this list is Isaiah Thomas. Uh, I mean, mm. what an incredible impact that he made here in what felt like five years here, but it was really only two and a half, Yeah, uh, which which still blows my mind that it was only two and a half years that he was here, but um, really incredible what he accomplished here, but he just didn't have that longevity mm-hmm. with the franchise to be able to be to be voted onto this list, but his his short time here was <laughs> remarkable. That was, that was, I'll, add, I'll add two more that comes to the top of my mind, Mark. One is Paul Silas. Good chance we would we don't win in 74 and 76 without him being a compliment to Dave Cowens, at least on the rebounding factor. And the other one is sometimes I think not that people forget, but we're gonna say, Oh yeah, was Danny. Danny yeah. Ainge was a part of championship teams. He built a mm-hmm. championship team in 08. You know, he's he's pretty darn successful in his Celtic tenure. Yep. My last one is uh Reggie Lewis. Yeah, who, you know, sadly, I don't want to end on a sad note, but man, that dude was good and defensively was a monster i mean blocking was he blocked michael jordan like twice mm-hmm. in the same play like that was he was you know the shame of it is that we we just i could project out and i i left him off my list and i left him off in my book um and we could project out and be like oh man he probably would have been on this list and think about how much celtics history changes if you if you you know if he is you know things go differently for him and, and things go differently for the Celtics uh, in, you know, the Len bias, mm-hmm. like that era, so much in Celtics history changes. We don't get, and again, you don't have to comment on this. We don't get the Rick Pitino era and, and everything that, that went with that. We, I think the Celtics kind of cruise through a little bit and you can't guarantee that they would have won anything, uh, you know, any other championships, but I don't think you have that deep, deep pitfall, but at the same time, Maybe you don't get Paul Pierce, and you don't have that story. And Paul Pierce's story was was awesome. Um, I, I love Paul Pierce's story because it's redemption. It's you know he, he was ready to be traded, and and he had a real down period, and then all of a sudden he commits, and and then you get Ray, and then you get KG, and then he gets I think his proper due. I th- I'll end with this. I see a lot of people on Twitter kind of denigrating Pierce's inclusion in the 75th NBA team. And they put down a lot of what he did because of, you know, Ray and KG coming and that's how they won a championship. I think that the championship tells, you know, it, it, it turns the narrative for sure, but I think it makes the narrative more accurate because Pierce was a hell of a player and he just never got his due because of other factors in the league and just where the league was and where he was mentally, it gives, it gives, I think the proper perspective on a career that was, I think worthy of inclusion of the 75th anniversary team. No doubt. And, and I think you can't argue against it when, and say that he only won the championship because KG and Pierce, he's the one who got finals MVP, right? Right. Like, like having that stamp on his resume, I think just cements it in stone. I mean, Reggie Miller only made five all-star games. And I think a lot of people's vision of Reggie Miller, because he's been around the game, he's calling games, he's just, he's around a lot. Um, People view him as one of the greatest players ever. He, Paul Pierce made like 10 all-star games. That's double the amount. Okay. So he was, he was an elite player for a long time. Um, And he certainly deserved to be on the NBA list. And he certainly deserved to be on this list that we were able to put together. If I can just close out too, John, for one thing, I'd like to thank several people, but uh, particularly Jackie McMullen, Bob Ryan, Mike Gorman. They were instrumental really in the, the live part of it that we had over at Encore. They were just super and, and actually kind of representing a, a good cross section of Celtics history, at least from when Bob started in the late 60s till now, Jackie from the 80s till now. And Mike, of course, had been our announcer for 40 years with the, with, with this uh, NBC Sports Boston. Thank you. Thanks to each of them, too. They were wonderful. Absolutely. And and John, I'll just say 
when we started to have these conversations last last I had no idea that it would turn into what it turned into. Um, it really was an incredible platform and I couldn't have been happier with the way that everything unfolded from our live events to the voting results, to the amount of interest that this generated um, across Celtics fans across the world. It really was just a home run. Um, and and I, I can sleep with a smile on my face. Uh, <laughs> once we got all that stuff wrapped up, um, a few weeks ago with unveiling the final five players, I was like, man, this, this was awesome to be a part of. And I'll always be able to tell that story. No question. Well, I, again, as a person who really does appreciate the the history of the team and the league and the sport, um, very, I'm very happy with, with the way you guys decided to do this and obviously meticulous effort, uh, to, to get this right. And I think you did get it right. So uh, I'm very happy about that. Jeff, Mark, appreciate it. Um, you plug the podcast, the review from the rafters. I think you, you guys are doing a good job with that from behind the behind the scenes stuff. Uh, Thank you. So check that out. I do I do enjoy listening to that. I'm I'm a I'm a voracious consumer of all Celtics content. So uh, it's good it's good to get that behind the scenes stuff. Uh, I love the conversation with Kuzi. Um, that was good stuff. All right, guys, thank you so so much. Really appreciate it. Thank, thank you. John. Again, a big thanks to Jeff and and Mark for, for hopping on the podcast. I love this stuff. I love the history of the game. And so this was a super fun project for me to be a part of. Um, I'm thrilled that they asked me to be a part of this. Um, again, my book is the Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars, which was 12 players. So I did get a head start. If you want to read my book, you can go find the uh, Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars. Wherever you get books, wherever you can find it, it's on Amazon, it's everywhere. And you can go to my website if you want a signed copy, johncorrales.com. The book is on there. You can get a signed, personalized copy. You can give it as a birthday gift. Father's Day is going to be coming up. Anything you can think of makes a great gift. Go to uh, johncorrales.com. You can get a signed, personalized copy. So thank you very much. And uh, we're back to talking basketball. This is the... Uh, we're, we're, we're getting into Celtics nets and I'll have Tom Westerholm back and we'll get into a, a podcast tomorrow for looking forward to the rest of the season. And then it's a post game show and we're off and running 22 games left. Can you believe there's only 22 games left? I can't. This is, we went from the season is almost, you know, there's plenty of time this season to the season is almost over. So uh, thanks to all of the subscribers. Thanks to uh, all of you who watch on YouTube. I'd love to get more subscribers. Helps me out a lot. So if you are a subscriber and you want to share the podcast, spread the word, tell your friends that they tell them all that they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network.